And Father, we do ask you to have mercy where mercy is needed. So many people suffering. It seems even beyond their holding out, Lord, it just it almost at a breaking point, some people we know. And we ask you, dear God, that you'd intervene and take care of them. We pray for each one of these on the prayer sheet. Pray for our president, our missionaries, our country. Lord, there's just so much that we need your hand and your guidance upon us and your people especially. So we ask you, dear God, for your blessings upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Get your Bible tonight, please. I got started last Saturday night, and I was going back over the miracles that Jesus did and the meaning of these miracles. And I got such a blessing out, I said to myself as I was studying, it would be good uh, sometimes as you're reading. I know that I've read Ecclesiastes so many times, the old devil said, you know that already. But I read it all the way through again last night and got a new blessing. And every time that I read it, I get such a blessing out of it, but I know how the devil works. For me, here it does bring contempt. I know that uh, uh, if you don't believe that, the old saying is, company stinketh after three days. <laughs> and I never will forget a man telling me that, and that's the truth. For me, here it does bring contempt. And the devil, when we're reading the Bible, if you're not careful, he'll say, you've heard that before, you've preached on that before, you talked about that before. But such a blessing uh, as we study. So turn to John. I want to go to the second, the second miracle that Jesus did in his ministry, beginning in John chapter 4 and verse 46. So Jesus came again into Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to mend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Father, we ask you to bless the reading and studying of thy word now to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Some time ago, there was a friend of mine that goes to a different church and a different denomination and he's come in my office one time sat down when we were just rejoicing in the Lord and he said you can't believe what happened at church Sunday 
preacher. I wish you could have been there. We had a Holy Ghost revival. I said, really? Tell me about it. He said, man, we got to shouting and carrying on, people speaking in tongues and running up and down the aisle and carrying on so much that the preacher didn't even get a chance to preach. I said, sir, that's not a Holy Ghost revival because uh, God will never glorify the Holy Spirit over His Son. And uh, what I'm, the only reason I told you that, isn't it strange to you that people see something like this that this man is talking about and think that a great thing because they see emotions and they go by what they see. Now, that's what this whole story here is about. The difference in seeing and believing and trusting God's Word. According to John chapter 4, now verse 43 through 45, Jesus returned again to the region of Galilee to a town called Capernaum. And a man came to Jesus with a very serious problem. This man had prestige, he had power, he had wealth, and all that goes with it. Yet he had a serious problem. All this could not help him with his son now dying. And yet this man had some obstacles to faith in Jesus Christ. The devil puts up obstacles to keep us from having just simple faith in God. Now, if there's one thing that I believe that I have learned personally in serving the Lord all these years, if I pray, I just believe God's going to answer. Now, I don't know how He's going to answer. It might be with medication. It might be with money helping somebody. It might be by a good friend just coming by and saying hi or letting them know that you care for you. But God works things out. When you pray, God does answer prayer. And I don't have to see uh, to have faith. I just believe when the Bible says pray, and I, I got verses of Scripture that I, I dearly love. One of them is, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. God said, you know what He said? Ask big things and I'll bless you with them. Over and over again He asks us to do that. Well, we don't have to see something to do that. We just have to obey God's Word to have Him to bless. Now, the obstacle number one to this man, though, this man had second-hand faith. He probably had heard that Jesus and the miracle He had performed uh, at the wedding because that's the first thing that's mentioned here in this story, beginning in verse 46. Second-hand faith is good, if it's about Jesus, but all he had done up to here is uh, hear about Jesus. Beginning in verse 46, down through verse 48, Jesus rebukes him here. Notice, if you would, in verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, why? Why did he rebuke him? Because second-hand faith won't save anybody. Your pastor's faith, your parents' faith, your neighbor's faith won't get you to heaven. You have to exercise faith yourself. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 16. Just back up a little bit. Matthew chapter 16. And look with me in verse 13. When Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say I, the Son of Man, am? They say, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, Said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Said unto him, Blessed is thou, Simon Jabar Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the only reason I read that story to you, notice what Jesus asked uh, in the beginning. He's, he's, wanting, he's asking a question, are you relying on second-hand faith? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's second-hand faith. But he comes down to verse 15, and he comes to personal faith. Then he said to them, But whom say ye that I am? Now, just because that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, somebody comes along and says, Well, Brother Strawn believes that uh, Jesus is the Son of God, so that's good enough for me. No, it isn't. You've got to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 15, he said, But whom say ye that I am? Verse 16, But it gives a different maker. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, here's the truth the nobleman needed to get hold of in verse in John chapter 4. Otherwise, it's just second-hand faith. Obstacle number two, this man had sign-demanding faith. Jesus made this clear by his rebuke in verse 48. Uh, let's go back now. And I want you to look at verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, again, in Matthew 12, verse 39, Jesus said, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. People were saying to Jesus, Give us a sign from heaven and we'll believe. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, they said, in Matthew 27, verse 42, Let him now come down from the cross and we will believe. In other words, uh, they would believe Jesus had come down from the cross. No, they wouldn't. If they don't believe his word, uh, you must remember seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. When I somebody asks me, I get this question all the time, you ever seen Jesus? By faith I have. Amen. I see him all the time by faith. So faith is seeing, not seeing, believing. Notice, if you have to see some miracle performed by Jesus to believe, uh, that dishonors God. You know why? You're saying to God, I don't believe your word. That's dishonor. Now go with me to John chapter 20 a minute, and I'll, I'll tie this together for you in John chapter 20, and look with me beginning in verse 25. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas, he saith unto them, Except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails, but my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither 
thy finger, and behold thy hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believe it. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. Now, when you look at this, read this simple thing, uh, notice you don't see, it doesn't say here that Peter, I mean that Thomas thrust his hands into his side or felt his hands. It, it makes it very plain by that that Thomas believed his word after he said. Now, notice in verse 29 especially, Thomas believed, thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen me believe. So, article number, I mean, obstacle number three it is self-centered faith. Now go back to John uh, chapter 4 a minute. And I'll show you what I'm talking about in verse 49. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down ere my child die. Notice what this man was interested in. Only one thing. His son being healed. Now it's not wrong to want your child to be healed. But the problem was this man had not bowed and worshipped the Lord yet. So many people are interested in the welfare of their family and friends and self rather than doing the will of God in their lives. Now here's what I'm talking about. You don't know how many times over the years that I have had people that had members of their family sick, something happened to their family, and they say, Preacher, please come, please pray for my family, get well. Now they're not, they're not saying get saved. They're not saying get their life changed. They want me to come and pray that they'll get well. And then we'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord and do whatever the Lord asks us to do. No. And you know what? Every time they turn around, they don't do it. You pray, God will heal them. God will do what He said He would do. If you pray, He'll keep His word, but they don't keep theirs. And so many people are interested in the welfare of their family and friends rather than the will of God in their lives. This man was interested in the physical rather than the spiritual. Now, you can't love your family until you first love the Lord. I, I used to sit and counsel young people they fixing to get married and sitting in my office talking to them, and they, they're just crazy over one another. And I said, you know what? You two don't know what real love is yet because they weren't born yet, born again. I said, if you don't have God in your, in your life yourself, you can't know how to love her, and you can't know how to love Him. It's mostly lust. But what I'm saying is, when you learn to love the Lord Jesus Christ because of this simple reason, God, the Bible says that God is love. If you have God, then you know how to love now. You know how to take care of one another. You know how to love one another. Unless you, and this, this is what he's saying here. This man wanted his son healed, but what God, what Jesus was telling him, but what you need is Jesus first, and then your son to be healed. Next comes the operation of strong faith. The change in this man comes in the middle of verse 50. Watch it. Jesus said in him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And now the second part. 
And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went his way. The whole thing lies, this whole miracle lies on one thing, believing what God said. The change in this man, right in the middle of the whole thing, he said, I believe. There are four ways the number one put strong faith into operation. By hearing His Word, Romans 10, 13, faith come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So number one, He heard what Jesus said. Number two, by believing the Word. Having heard Jesus speak, the nobleman believed the Word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And have, hearing alone is not enough. Faith is our response to God Himself, not just to what He has done. This man believed Jesus before he saw that his son was healed. Notice something. It was literally day before this man went back home and saw what Jesus had done. He just simply believed his word. If you go on down and read it, he inquired in verse 52 when his son was healed. And it was the exact time that God, uh, that Jesus told him in verse 50. Go thy way, thy son liveth. And so he, before he ever saw his son healed, he believed Jesus' word. Obeying faith, in verse 50 says, he went. There's no substitute for obedience. God wants his people to believe, uh, obey him. In obeying, then God answers our prayers. Resting faith begins in verse 51. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them of the hour when he began to mend. And they said unto him, Yesterday, at the same hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. Now, in verse 51 down through verse 53 is resting faith. Twenty-four hours had gone by. Then he headed home. That's resting faith. Amen. If I pray and ask God to do something, I'm just looking for Him to do it. Now, here's how you meet your need in Jesus. First, you hear the Word of God. Secondly, you believe the Word of God. Thirdly, you obey the Word of God. And then fourthly, you rest in the Word of God. God will do exactly what He says He'll do. He does not change. Amen? That's the reason I love to pray for people. But I love to see people's lives change. And He'll do it if we'll obey Him. Stand with me, please. Father, it's good to be in this place with Your people and just feel Your presence and hear Your Word speak to our hearts. It's already always a fresh joy. We ask You, dear God, to go with us and watch over us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. I forgot to tell people, I talked to Elizabeth Wilkerson just before I come to church, and she wanted to tell everybody hello.